0: Hey there, this is your girl Shawanda, and you're listening to Refreshing the Soul podcast, a show where we bring our experiences and God's truth to refresh the heavy and hard places in your soul. From anxiety to unforgiveness, we'll learn how to come to an honest place in our souls and uproot those hidden lies so that you can discover the unique expression God created you to be in this world. Hey, welcome back to Refreshing the Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Shawanda Williams. Thank you for joining me for another episode. I am just happy to be here with you and have this time with you Um, every single Monday. I look forward to speaking into the ear of your souls. How have your souls been doing? How are you doing how are you doing your soul checks? Are you checking in with yourself and really, um, unlayering, unmasking the things that we sometimes cover up, whatever is going on, the busyness, the to-do list, um, even the blame. If are we pulling back all those layers and being honest with ourselves with this is how I feel, this is how I'm doing, this is where I'm at with God in this moment, in this season. God wants us to bring His uh, our honest selves to him. And so I just want to make sure you are taking care of your soul. I recently um, had to sit down and journal some things out um, to just really talk to God about this is where I'm at in this situation. This is how I've been feeling. This is what I believe. This is where I'm trying to trust you at God. Like just really being vulnerable and open with God. And sometimes you have to do that. Maybe you didn't get to it within the last week. Make some time, carve out some time when your house is quiet. I love doing it really early in the morning. It could be really late at night. I don't know the season of life you're in right now, but find some quiet time, some quiet space, maybe on your way back from work, you can pull over into a park, you know, or somewhere where, or a parking lot and take out your journal and write or pray or put on some music or something where where you're sitting still and you're um, taking the time to check in with where you're at and where you're at with God and you're pouring out to him. Um, so many times we pour out to the people around us, our kids, our husbands, friends, our job, employees, our clients. We're constantly pouring out. Um, but God wants you to pour out to him because he wants to give you a refreshing for your soul. He gives us something back. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he says, come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. Saying, listen, when you draw near to me, there's something I'm going to give you in exchange. of something I'm gonna draw near to you, to your soul, but you have to welcome and invite me in it. Don't make it some elaborate thing. Don't make it something that has to be long or big. Five minutes pulling over to the side of the road into a parking lot and just talking to thin air, but you know, you're talking to God, crying, getting whatever out in your soul that's going on. It makes a difference. God wants to speak into the heart of someone. He wants to pour his love. He wants to pour his rest. He wants you to have wisdom in a place of where you lack confusion. You don't know what to do. You don't know the next step. He wants to give you peace in a place where there's chaos and there's, there's, um, distraction. He's like, my peace, I, I left with you. I want to remind you that you have what you need. I want to bring back to your remembrance through my Holy spirit, that you are loved, that you are wanted, that you are not rejected. Are we opening the space for God to refresh us? I hope that you are. And today we are going to continue in our series, Redeemed from Rejection. Redeemed from Rejection. And um, last week, um, part one of it, we talked about how you are not what happened to you. You are not what happened to you. We started off in the book of um, Ruth, chapter one, where Naomi, she lost her sons and her her husband. They all died and she felt alone, but she really wasn't. She had her daughter, her daughter-in-laws there. Um, but we talked about how sometimes when we are rejected, when things happen to us, um, all we can see is what happened to us. We can't see what we still have, what we're still good at, um, that God is still there. We Our lens can change and focus on now just what I, what I'm without. And God wants to show you that you are, that he is with you, that you are not alone, that what has happened to you, what you may not have anymore, he can fill that place. He can give you something better. He can redeem you from that place. And um, I know we're talking about Naomi and death and whatnot, but God wanted me and he wants you to um, open our eyes in a part of where we've been rejected and hear what he's saying through these chapters. Um, he's been speaking so much to me in this, in this, um, in this, in these different books, I mean, in these different chapters from Ruth, I just want to share some of the things that God has, has shown me. And so last week we really talked about how, you know, when we are rejected because of something that may have been dismissed or deemed as inadequate that we may have brought to the table. Um, sometimes it may have been us. And so we take on the narrative. We take on the identity that I'm not enough. I'm dismissed. I'm rejected. I'm not I'm not what someone wants. So I'm not wanted. And um, we have to learn first when dealing with rejection, okay, what happened to me? And how did I allow that to change the way I see myself? And now let me separate what happened to me from who from who I really am. So that's why um last week we talked about you are not what happened to you. Naomi brought on took on the identity of what happened to her and how she felt God saw her because of what happened to her. She said God raised this fence against me. You know, so call me she's like call me by this name, by a different name that represented what she went through and what she felt. And so we're no longer going to be called by what people called us, what they did to us, or how we even um, saw it in our heads on what happened to us. You may have been rejected. There may have been things that someone was like, Uh, you know, I don't want this. I don't want that. But we are going to take the lens view from God, not from where we were in that situation, but from God and let him give us a new story. Let him give us a new narrative of what happened. What probably he'll probably even tell you what's going on, what was going on in in them. I'm, and I'm just saying that as a witness to testify that God has brought me back to some situations that happened in my past and had shed light on it, things that I had no clue. And he's like, that's why they responded that way. But you took it all on yourself because of what you felt like you weren't, what you didn't feel like you did enough of. And so you accused yourself of something. And just right there, I there may be something that you have been accusing yourself for because someone else didn't know how to love you right, treat you right, speak to you in the way that you should have been spoken to. Um, they, you know, and I'm not blaming, I'm not trying to blame other people, but there are things, there are people who are walking around unrenewed, not whole, broken, um, angry, frustrated with all these things that they're not refreshed in. And so they, that comes out, um, in the way they treat others and how you respond to others. And we, you may have been on the other side of some things and here, God's like, you got to stop accusing yourself of things that, that, that accusing your identity, you're charging your soul. You're blaming who you are on actions of what other people did. And so he wants us to separate that. And just here in, 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 as i'm i'm listening right now even to what i'm saying i'm hearing the holy spirit say remember who is the accuser satan is was called and is called the accuser he likes to accuse us so when things happen that may trigger those places he will remind you he will accuse you see you're not this you're not that i was just telling my kids when you feel like you're being accused for something in your own thoughts in your own mind Or when you start to accuse other people in your own thoughts, know that that's coming from a place of the enemy. Whatever he's trying to accuse you with, that's not who you are. He wants wants to convince you of something that you're not. And so when anything sounds accusatory, see, that's why you better not say anything, because then if you do, then they're going to... They're going to look at you funny. They're going to do when you hit that's accusing. So that's, that's an indication. That's a red flag. Oh no, that's the enemy. I'm not going to listen to that. That's not from God. We have the power to stop those thoughts. We have the power to turn and look the enemy in the face and say, I'm not going to listen to you. I know what you're doing and you can stop. I've had to do it. I've had to do it sitting in bed right next to my husband and hearing these accusations of him. And I just remember thinking like, where is this coming from? I was like, Oh, this is the enemy. See, he wants me to be under his influence. He wants to whisper stuff inside in my thoughts. He wants to whisper stuff to you, things that maybe you have felt, maybe things that had thoughts that are familiar. Because in our prior marriage, it was things that I thought and I used to run with it and act on it and turn to him and and question him or talk to him or get mad at him. But now that we're in a place of where we're receiving rest, we're receiving refreshing from God. He's given us a new narrative of how to see ourselves and we're choosing to believe what God is saying. Now we can say, "Uh uh-uh. You're, this is. This sounds like accusations. This is not from God. This is not who I am, nor is this who my husband is, my kids are. Whatever it is, we can turn and look the enemy in the face and say, "Be quiet. You're a liar. You cannot occupy my mind. You have to stop. I know who I am. This is what I was telling them. I know who I am." I know what you're trying to convince me of. And I don't believe it. I know who God says that my husband is. I know who God says that I am, that my kids are, who will be, who we will be, what he has destined for us. And what you're saying does not line up with what God says. So I rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus. And he had to be quiet. He wasn't expecting that. He was wanting that to go a whole nother way. But we got to start surprising the enemy and it guy has to get to a point where it's no longer surprise, where you know he's seeing that okay, she ain't, she's not leaning into what I'm saying anymore. Yes, because we're no longer charging who we are to the things that has happened to us. We're choosing to think differently. We're choosing to see ourselves differently. To see ourselves through the eyes of God, and that's actually part of what I want to talk about today. Um, Before we get right into that, I wanted to end off with some things from last week. Um, I didn't really um, finish up the full um, chapter from Ruth 1 because um, I I felt it felt better to put it in the beginnings uh, of this uh, episode. But in Ruth 1, there was a place, there's something that God showed me that happened to Naomi after her son died, her sons died, her husband died. And she pushed her daughter-in-laws away. She wanted them to go back to their home. They begged to stay with her, but she was like, no, she didn't see any worth or value in her or for them to stay with her. And so sometimes we reject the good. Sometimes we don't know how to treat what good comes in our life because we've been rejected we've been sad and we've been hurt so bad that we don't feel like we can give anyone good we don't feel like there's anything anything good that can come from us and so um god was showing me that a part of naomi actually died a part of her closed a part of her hardened and um I believe there's some, some people on here where there are some things that happened to you and it closed a part of you. I know that rejection can do that. It can cause you to feel like I can't be myself. Myself is not accepted. Who I am is not accepted. So I'm just gonna close this part of me. I'm gonna isolate. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back the part of me that I don't want to be hurt. And so where we we tr- we choose to protect ourselves. But in protecting ourselves, we're actually also not being who God designed us to be. And through that place where we close up, we're closing up the place that God wants to express himself through us. And so I really felt that he wanted me to um, talk to you today about that. There's some things he, he wants you to open your heart back up to. Those things may look like just hoping again. It could be hoping to be married again, hoping um, to 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 start the business again, for it to be for it to be successful. Hoping in your son, hoping for your husband, hoping for yourself to be better. There's some places that you've sunk and shrunk and, and shrunk yourself into and accepted this is just how I am. You've lost hope. And God's like, I I want you to open your heart back up again to even just hoping again, to wanting to love again, to wanting to be in community again. He understands that your rejection has led you to isolation because you want to protect yourself now. But he is the protector of your heart. No, he's not going. He's not going to just allow. No, he's not going to force himself on people to treat you right and do you right and talk to you right. But he will walk with you and help grow your heart to love him, to know him, to where you know who you are. So those same offenses don't penetrate you. Those same words don't. cause you to feel like you've you've lost the core of who you are. He's like, no, I want to teach you how to stand firm and to be able to stand firm in me to where your confidence is not in people, is not dependent on what they say, what they applaud, what they like or heart, but it's completely dependent on who I already said that you are. He wants to redeem you from the place of where you've closed up. He wants to give you a new heart a heart of flesh there's a scripture that talks about how he will take that stony heart and he gives us a new heart so this is why we come to him when we're heavy when we're weary because there's something that only he can give i saw something in ruth um chapter one, verse 17, where Naomi, she closed up, where a part of her was like, I just don't want to be in community anymore. I don't want to hope anymore. I want to feel comfortable in my loneliness. I want to feel comfortable by myself, not having to deal or face, um, be in relationship, not having to be in relationship. And Ruth responded in this way. Um, verse 17, she said, I'm um, actually we'll look at um verse start at verse 16 but Ruth replied, "Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be bur- buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us." When I read that, I was like, "Man, that sounds so familiar where Ruth like I don't want anything to separate us that sounds a whole lot like the love of God that Paul said that he believed that nothing can separate us from the love of God here Naomi is hardened a part of her has died a part of us closed up because of what has happened to her and so how how do we how does God? tender our heart how does he soften our heart how does he get us to open back up again one it is a process it is a process It's not like, bam, I'm going to just be where God wants me to be because he said so. No, he gets that. I have to walk you through this process. Because even after Ruth shows her and displays this God type of love, Naomi still was rejecting her. She, she, She said, well, just come on. But she still wanted to be identified by what happened to her. So there's a process in this. And so having those people in our lives, that's willing to show us the God kind of loves God, the God kind of love begins to um, soften and tenderize our heart. And I wanted to read Romans eight, 35 through 39, because I was like, gosh, man, Ruth is saying something. I feel like God would say to us or or how he is towards us. Romans eight, Romans eight, 35 says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed each day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelmingly victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Verse 38, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. I'm going to stop right there. No matter even how much we want to be separated from people, no matter no matter our fears for today, the fear of loving again, the fear of hoping again, the fear that oh I may always be this way. I won't be any I won't be anything more than this. God's like your worries, all of that, it won't separate me. The place in you that has that has rejection issues, or you reject people, you've even rejected me, that won't stop me from pursuing you, from giving you my love. God's not afraid. Of 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 your rejection. He's not afraid of your past. He wants to love you through it. And so I say to the one who has closed her heart um, to loving again, to having hope for the for friends, um, being close to family, whatever it is that you close your heart from, I ask that you just open your eyes. To see where God may be showing you his love. Where God may be showing you that you're not alone. I'm sure at this moment, Naomi did not see that this was God. I see that this is God. The other daughter-in-law left, but this one wouldn't. She was like, nothing, I'm not going to lie. anything to separate us except for death. Now with man, that's what separate, that's what separate our connection. I mean, after we can walk to the ends of the earth with someone, but once we, once we die, you know, that, that, that separation is there. But with God, he has an eternal love. He has an eternal life for us. And so I believe God has people who are walking around with his kind of love and his kind of love in them. There are people who who know how to love you with the love of God. Not everyone is out to hurt you. Not everyone is thinking about um, how how they can hurt you. Some things may come off wrong. Some things may be said wrong. I'm not saying that people can't hurt you, but not everyone's motive and heart is to do that. And so we have to be willing to um, see God, we have to be willing to be at least our eyes to be open. Maybe right now you, you you don't want to open your heart yet. That's fine. God, open my eyes to see your love so I can feel your love. Open my eyes to the people around me that still love me. Show me what I do have. Ruth, husband, died too. and. Not once, but look like over and over again, she begged for Naomi to stay with Naomi and she was rejected. But it didn't stop her from putting herself out there, even if it was at the expense of rejection. She displayed a God kind of love. I wonder if on the other end of us being redeemed for rejection is a fierce woman who is strong in God, the place where she is weak, she's allowed God to be strong in her to where the place where she would normally cave, draw back, shrink in, she is fully herself at the cost of rejection. She initiates things. She doesn't wait to be drawn in welcome in. She comes in the door as herself. Not needing permission, but saying, but accepting God has already given me permission. She's already said who I am. Not being afraid of being corrected or dismissed because she knows who she is. I wonder if it's really his love that we need to experience more of, that needs to saturate all the parts of us, the rejected parts of us, to be authentically who we were designed to be it doesn't mean that we won't ever be rejected but now we will handle rejection in a different way i believe jesus knew that overwhelmingly victory was his because of this love that he believed he had between him and god and so he was able to walk out his purpose on earth he was able to be who god designed him to be and because of that he did what god designed him to do in the midst of rejection and not rejection from people he just didn't know but people who knew him growing up in his neighborhood in his community that's close it's one thing to be rejected by people you don't know but people you do know it stings a little it can sting a little different but the love of God, we have to let his love in. And if right now you're like a little iffy about it, because there's some people who are, you're dealing with loneliness, you're in a dark place. And you're like, I just don't know. I don't because I don't know what this is going to going to require of me. That's good. That's all right. He's not afraid. He's it, but you have to draw. You have to draw an eye to him. You have to come to him with something. So even if it is just God, open my eyes to see your love. Open my eyes to see where it's at. I'm not feeling it. I don't see it. But I'm coming to you with this place of where I'm at. Open my eyes to see something different. And I believe God will honor you that, honor you with that. Um, in roof 10 if in roof two, that as we move forward in um this series, roof two, um, I actually only really want to cover um a couple of verses. And so just to give you a little bit of context, so they ended up, Naomi and Ruth ended up uh, moving back to her homeland and um, Na- um, Ruth, she began working in um, a field that belonged to someone named Boaz. Okay. Um, and it, and he happened to be a relative of her father-in-law, the um, Naomi's husband, right? So she begins to pick up, um, she began to work in his field and she would gather grain behind the harvesters. Okay. And so Boaz saw her one day and, um, asked about her to the other men. And, um, he gave her, he started giving her favor saying, um, and I I can read some of that. I really want to touch on Ruth two verses 10 through 12. Um, but just so you know, um, I want you to say, so he saw her and this is what he, this is what he said. Verse eight, we'll back up to verse eight. So Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, "Mm, that's so interesting. He said, my daughter, right? Stay right here with us. When you gather grain, don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. So here um, Boaz is treating her um, just very special. I'm sure in this moment she felt very special. He's given her favor. And honestly, it's my first time really seeing that. He said, listen, my daughter. Um, here um, it says that Boaz is when you read chapter two, I believe it introduces him as a family redeemer, someone in the in their family, um, in um, Naomi's family, um, that can redeem like the um their land, um their name, all of that. So he's a family redeemer. He's an appointed family redeemer. And so I also look at that as God. He's our redeemer. And even here how Boaz is how Boaz um speaks to Ruth. He says, listen, my daughter, like that's so like God, so like him to speak to us in such a um, welcoming way, in such a thoughtful way, in the way he sees us. He sees us as daughter, right? And then he gives her favor. He gives her instruction. Hey, don't go here, do this. And as I'm reading this now again some things just coming to my mind when we have been hurt when we've been rejected when we um when things have happened to us um when we come into uh our secret place with god when we start spending time with him when we start shifting our heart where now we're in we're we're walking this life out In his territory and the way he wants us to live, and I say his territory, I mean, like, I'm not doing life alone, just randomly, I'm really seeking a relationship with God. When we choose to do that, God will show us um, how to stay protected. I'm not saying it's going to protect you from every single hurt, but look how just I'm looking at the instruction that Boaz is giving and I'm just pulling up out of, um, from the view of this, just being Boaz and Ruth having an interaction. I'm looking at God to his daughter saying, I'm giving you instruction. I want you to stay here in this place. I've told such and I've talked to people about you. There is, a, there is a hedge of protection around you. Such and such won't mess with you anymore. And then if you need something, this is where I want you to go. This is where you can be full. You can stay here at this well where I'm at. If there's a place in you that starts to feel triggered by rejection, that starts to feel triggered by not being wanted, and your soul is now thirsty for validation, validation, you can stay at my well. You can come and drink from my well. That's what he says. He says, and when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. He's like, you don't have to go over to someone's well. You don't have to go to Facebook well. You don't have to go to Instagram well. You can go right here to the well of my word, right here to the well of my presence. And I will give you, I will give your soul all that is desiring, where it needs to be validated, where it needs to be encouraged. Wow. And now I want you to look at Ruth's response. This is um, pretty much what I want to talk about today, about seeing ourselves through God's eyes. Verse 10, Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I am only a foreigner. Verse 11, yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, who's under whose wings you have come to take refuge reward you fully for what you have done wow let's back up to Ruth two and ten she said what have I done to deserve such kindness I am only a foreigner I look at okay how Ruth is seeing herself in this moment as undeserving of kindness undeserving of being noticed do we sometimes feel um, that we're undeserving of certain things, attention, undeserving of it. So we feel like we have to perform or we have to do something. That's why she said, what have I done to deserve kindness? What have, what have I done to deserve this favor? And I mentioned last last um, episode about how I kind of grew up with this idea that in order for me to be loved, in order for me to get attention um, from um, my parents, from People around me, I had to perform, I had to do something um, to be noticed, to feel loved, to feel wanted. And here she says, I am only a foreigner. This is a picture of how Ruth sees her. One sees herself. One, she says, I am only, meaning I'm 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 less than whatever. I'm I'm less than something. Okay. This title or this this identity that I have is not much. It's only this. There's something better. There's something bigger. There's something greater than what I am. And I've reduced myself to I am only. She said, I'm only a foreigner. I don't even belong here. So now she's saying, even though I'm in this land, this is not where I even belong. Sometimes when we have been rejected, we can not only see ourselves as only this. and sometimes we can reduce our identity to something that's less than what God sees us. But we can also see ourselves as, "As I don't even belong here. I don't even, I don't have the qualifications to be here. I'm a foreigner in this land. I don't belong. Period. Mm. Do you feel like you don't belong to anyone? Because... Such and such didn't want you. So now I feel I don't belong at all. Look how Boaz responds. He was like, I know. Mm, God knows. God knows where you're from. He knows what happened to you. He knows you. But he was like, but I also know. Let me tell you something. There are some things that God, he knows about you, but he also knows some things that you may not know about you that you may not see yourself as. And this is why we have to bring this place to God and say, help me to see God the way you see me. Help me to see your love for me, your acceptance for me. I know what this word says. I can read this word and see this word. But I know, I believe some of us, we need some encounters with God. God, I really want to see that you, you love me, that you're here with me, that you're walking with me that you accept me, that you want me. He said, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law. I've heard how you how you left your father and mother in your own land to live here among complete strangers. God knows everything you've been through. He knows every circumstance you've been in. He knows every person who has hurt you. He knows every person you have hurt. He knows the things you have sacrificed. He knows the things you've given up. He knows the tears that you cry that no one sees. He knows you. When we feel no one is looking or cares, I want you to remember that God sees you. He sees everything and he cares. I love in verse 12 that Boaz says, man, you've come under the wings of God the God of Israel where you may now take you take refuge and he will reward you fully for what you have done not only are you safe under God's wings no no not only do you get to take refuge in him not only is he that but he's a rewarder he's seen, he's he's tallied up not he ain't just looking at the stuff you've been through he's looking at the things you have done that you've given up. Some of you have, have been following God. And you still, you're experiencing hurt. God's saying, I still see you. I'm still going to reward you. I, yeah, I'm your safety. Yeah, I'm your refuge. But I'm also a rewarder. And I've seen what you've done. We're under his wings. We're under his safety. God sees us. He cares for us. He knows all. And he wants you to know you don't have to try to protect yourself. You don't have to try to to care for your own self. He has you under his wings. He will give you instruction on who to talk with what, what environment you should be around. He will, he will put people around you that will love you the way that he does. God doesn't want you to stay stuck in a place of what has happened to you. He wants you to see who you are through his eyes. Um, We're going to end after this last scripture, Matthew chapter six, verse 22 through 33, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light, but when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Just in those two verses, um, when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. So our eye being unhealthy, the way we see ourselves, if we see ourselves in a way that is unhealthy, then everything will be unhealthy. Our whole body is filled with darkness. And if you think that you see yourself in a healthy way, and I'm talking about apart from God, I'm talking about you you think you're confident because of the shape that you have because of the money that you have the, the job that you have the f- number of friends you have or because you know have to deal with um, certain drama that other people if you think you're healthy because of that if you think that you see yourself properly apart from God it says right here, and, the, and, if the, and if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Because now you can't even come to an honest place that you need God, that you need to see yourself through the lens of God. It is so important that our eye, meaning the way I see something, is healthy. This is where we need God's refreshing this is where we need his point of view, his wisdom. So I say, in order for you to live a healthy life for your body and this is even your body to be healthy. We have to choose like God, I need to see what you see. I need to have I need to have a perspective from your point of view because that's what's good. That's what's healthy for me. Not what I continue to believe about myself because it's familiar. But I wanna believe what you're saying about me. I wanna have a healthy view of myself. I also wrote down here um, verse 30 and, and we'll end. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? We have to understand that we are cared for back to us being cared for. God wants you to no longer see him as someone who is unloving, someone who is far away, someone who overlooks your pain. He wants you to see him as someone I care for you, that I, that cares for you. He, he wants you to believe he's like that place why Why do you have little faith? Because of what happened to you? Because of what another man did? And I'm going to tell you, I had to come to a place with that in God. I would say prayers that was so surface level, saying, God, I want what you want. And, and one day God was like, well, what do you want? What do you want? And he showed me that I couldn't even be vulnerable to him because of The things that I had been vulnerable with, man, wanting certain things from them and them failing me. So I looked at God the same way. That you're going to reject me too. And see, he's like, this is the first relationship that we have to put in proper order. You have to see me properly. Your eye is unhealthy of me. And because it is, your eye is unhealthy of yourself. He told me that I am not the man. Or the men in your life that has rejected you, that has not known how to properly love you, I am God. I see you perfectly. I see you properly. I see you as fearfully and wonderfully made. I love you and I will not lie to you. I will not do what other men have done. They may fail. I won't fail you. I am good and I am good all the time. God wants us to see ourselves properly by seeing him properly. Our eyes of God is directly connected to the eyes of us. So we must choose to see ourselves through the eyes of God. Okay, I am done. And it is time for our My Hiding Place segment. My Hiding Place segment, the song that I want you to meditate on this week. It's called Royalty by Tasha Cobbs. You may have, excuse me, heard of this. You may have not, but it's a beautiful song and um, you're going to love it. Um, Here's a few lyrics from that song. She says, fearfully, wonderfully made in the image of Abba. I am free completely, safe in the arms of my father. I am royalty. I am who you called me I believe I am yours. I wanna tell you, you belong to someone and it's God. It's your heavenly father. So we're gonna to choose to believe we, are, we do belong and we belong to God who is king. And because he's king and because he calls us daughter, we are royalty. We are safe in his arms. Remember, we're under his wings, under his safety and in his refuge. All right, take this moment and repeat these qu- these confessions after me. God's love is enough for me. Nothing, not even rejection, will separate me from his love. I will continue to keep my heart open to hope, to love, to be in community with others i will no longer see myself through the eyes of my past but i choose to see myself through the eyes of god i am loved i am cared for i am safe and i am royalty amen amen And amen. All right, everyone, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get refreshing to those souls who need it. Also, don't forget to head over to Amazon where you can purchase that 30-day devotional Rest for the Soul by yours truly. Um, You want to get it in your hand. And just remember, soul care is self-care until next time bye-bye